Welcome to Brad Kyle's Brad's Motor Works podcast. We'll be talking about some things about BMW, some things of cars in general, and some things about car repair. I hope you find it educational, enlightening, and I hope it increases your understanding of your car. And maybe along the way we'll have some fun too. Thank you for listening, and here we go. Episode number 157, Introduction to Diesel Exhaust After Treatment. Uh, this is going to be an interesting one, for especially for people that have uh, diesel diesel cars, obviously, if, if you're interested in how your diesel exhaust after treatment system works, and maybe also why you have to add DEF fluid, diesel exhaust fluid, to your car, why this article will help to explain that. I am going to be reading from a trade magazine article. The uh, magazine is called Motor Age. Again, it is a, uh, a trade magazine uh, uh, trade magazine for automotive repair technicians and shop owners. Uh, the author is Brent DeFell, so just to let you know that. And um, a couple quick commercials. If you ever want to get a hold of me via email, it's bkpodcast5 at uh, gmail.com. I'm also available on LinkedIn under Brad Kyle's Motorworks. And uh, if you ever want to check out the main uh, distributor of this podcast is podbean.com. If you go to that website and do a search for Brad Kyle's Motorworks podcast, you'll come up on the main page, obviously. Upper right-hand corner, there's a uh, icon for uh, Become a Patron. And if you just want to click on that, if you so desire or uh, want to help support the podcast, uh, I am asking for a, a subscription donation. Uh, it's $5 a month. You can do it one time, or you can do more money or less money. Totally up to you. Uh, the advantage of doing that, though, of going ahead and f- uh, filling out the subscription and uh, doing taking care of that, is it does uh, I'll, I'll open up to where I've made about 12 to 15 of previous podcasts available only by subscription, that if you apply the information and the knowledge that I uh, give to you, so to speak, um, you're in your automotive lifetime, so to speak, um, there's no doubt you're going to save thousands, if not maybe even tens of thousands of dollars in regards to savings on car repairs and whether you should get a service contract or things like that. So, uh, like I say, I've taken the ones I've done in the past that I, I know would be, um, you know, certainly helpful for people. I know in talking with people, um, there's definitely been some that wish that they had kind of known what they were actually purchasing before they bought it. So, um, you know, it's it, it can go either way in that regard as far as whether someone thinks they feel they got value out of buying something. So the more informed you are, the better. So again, this is called Introduction to Diesel Exhaust After Treatment, um, or the subtitle would be Knowing the History of These Systems Can Help You Appreciate Just How Far They've Come. Do you know how the exhaust after treatment system and the diesel internal combustion engine came to be? Before we can reveal the answer, we first must understand what occurs inside the combustion chamber. The air charge enters the cylinder during the induction stroke. The air is typically pushed into the cylinder during the intake stroke under forced induction, referred to as turbocharging. Forcing the air charge under pressure into the cylinder allows for greater cylinder pressure. The fuel is injected at a specific time right into the cylinders, typically by a common rail fuel injector. In many cases, both the fuel injection system and the turbocharger system are managed by an ECU, which means electronic control unit. The cylinder charge air is comprised of about 21% oxygen and about 78% nitrogen, 
as well as some trace gases insignificant to the combustion process. It's this combination of the fuel and the heat created from the compressed cylinder air charge that initiates the combustion process. Because the air charge contains oxygen, a chemical reaction occurs within the combustion chamber during this combustion process. Said another way, the oxygen, heat, and start and fuel start a chemical reaction. The result is fire. Since the combustion process, chemical reaction, doesn't chemically convert all the components of that air-fuel charge, there, is, there will always be leftovers. The leftover components of the air charge is mainly nitrogen. Nitrogen is the propelling fluid. The fluid does the work to force the piston down. It doesn't typically react to combustion. Below certain temperatures, the nitrogen gas remains unchanged. However, any time the temperature of the air-fuel charge exceeds 2,500 degrees Fahrenheit, then nitrogen is capable of oxidizing, chemically converting. When the nitrogen is oxidized, it creates oxides of nitrogen, known as NOx, very harmful and poisonous gases. The exhaust after-treatment components are designed to reduce NOx and particulate, what we see as soot. The early generation of exhaust after-treatment. Okay, now we can learn about the history of the exhaust after-treatment system. Since NOx is abundant in temperatures exceeding 2500 degrees Fahrenheit, it makes sense that managing it means reducing the temperature inside the combustion chamber. This is accomplished using exhaust gas recirculation, it's also known as EGR, to reintroduce spent inert exhaust gases to the combustion chamber. The cylinder's internal volume is occupied by this inert gas. In essence, this makes the effective size of the combustion chamber smaller. In this smaller combustion chamber, the temperature of the smaller combustion event will be less intense. In the early designs of exhaust after-treatment systems, around 2007 through 2009, there existed a single component known as the diesel particulate filter. Managing NOx means reducing cylinder temperatures. This is very effective, however, there were some negative effects to this cooler in-cylinder temperature. This is where a campfire analogy can help illustrate the point. Anytime a, a campfire insufficiently burns, think about the campfire ring the next morning. There is a bunch of unburned wood, coals, and ash. Anytime the fire is not burning hot enough, the result is particulates. So by effectively treating the NOx, we inadvertently created another challenge that must be managed, and that is soot, particulates. Therefore, the after-treatment system had to evolve to manage both NOx and particulates. NOx is managed in the cylinder, and particulates are managed in the after-treatment portions of the exhaust system. This is accomplished using what is known as a diesel oxidation catalyst, or what's known as a DOC, and a diesel particulate filter, what's known as a DPF. The Evolution of Exhaust After Treatment The job of the DOC is to oxidize the post-combustion gases, leaving the cylinders rich in hydrocarbon and carbon monoxide due to the cooler in-cylinder temperatures, and the job of the DPF is to incinerate the particulate matter that results from the pre-combustion NOx reduction process. To do so requires managing the temperature inside these exhaust after-treatment components, like what we did for the cylinders, but instead we desire more heat not less. Maintaining these high temperatures allows the system to regenerate. We can describe the design of the DPF as one using a wall flow component. 
This allows the exhaust gas and particulate matter to enter in, but the gases must travel through the wall. Therefore, the wall of the DOC filters out and stores the particulate matter. It's this trapping of the particulate matter that allows the vehicle to meet tailpipe emission standards. To recap, EGR is used to reduce NOx. As a net result, particulate matter is created. Trapping of the particulate matter is performed in the aftermarket after treatments DPF. Over time, those trapped particulates begin to overload the DPF, and these particulates must be managed to allow the DPF's continual functionality. Necessary management of these particulates is determined by inputs reflecting its soot load level. These inputs include temperature and differential pressure, pressure measured at the inlet of the DPF and compared to the outlet pressure. When the DPF is heavily loaded with particulate, a regen cycle must be induced. The purpose of the regen cycle is to create sufficient heat within the DPF to incinerate the particulates, cleaning the DPF out. To create heat, diesel fuel is introduced. Whether it be through a standalone hydrocarbon dozer within the exhaust stream, very similar to an injector, or within the normal injection cycle at the combustion chamber, for example, injecting additional fuel on the exhaust stroke to get diesel into the pipe. Either way, that diesel fuel introduced to the DOC creates and creates hmm, creates and the heat is used to burn the particulates out of the diesel particulate filter, effectively reducing it to ash and regenerating the filter. After treatment technologies continue to advance. Using the descriptions above, it's plain to see that the management of these undesirables is under control. The problem is using diesel fuel to manage these undesirables is not very fuel efficient. The ever-tightening noose of emission standards will not allow for this inefficiency. Changes in tailpipe emission management were forced to improve. So let's jump to 2010 technology. In 2010, we witnessed the introduction of selective catalyst reduction, what's known as SCR. This technology was used in tandem with ammonia-based urea chemical known as a diesel exhaust fluid, or DEF, to reduce NOx. This served the same purpose of reducing NOx as the older technology of injecting fuel into a decomposition chamber that lived within the DPF, but to replace the older technology because of greater fuel efficiency. To manage the SCR, more components were added and imports were now available and needed to be monitored. NOx sensors, both at the inlet and outlet of the SCR, were added. These sensors will allow the ECU to determine how much DEF dosage is required to effectively treat the NOx. A storage tank, like a fuel tank, was added to store the DEF. To get the DEF to where it needed to be, a dosing mechanism was added, like a fuel pump, as well as the dozer itself, like a fuel injector. A decomposition tube was added. This tube is where the chemical reaction, heat, takes place. To prevent, to prevent the DEF from freezing in colder temperatures, heater and heater lines were added as well. An ECU contained the stra strategy and the, had the authority to manage the entire system. The EGR strategy changed as well. Before 2010, EGR was the primary for NOx management. There were no other mechanisms for NOx treatment. After 2010, the federal government will not allow a significant EGR reduction or a reliance on DEF solely. The fourth time is the charm. However, a significant change happened in 2017. 
The DEF became the primary system for Knox management, and EGR became a backup. In 2017, many manufacturers went to a different style of aftertreatment. Many of them called it a one-box. Essentially, a one-box is a single unit. It houses a small DOC and a small DPF. The smaller DOC and DPF were a result of less particulate being created. Remember, if we go back to the campfire analogy and the in-cylinder management of NOx and particulate, reducing NOx meant having to cool the cylinder. But a cooler cylinder created more particulate, and in, 20, in 2007, that was dealt with in the DPF. When using both no a NOx reduction and aftertreatment, EGR dilution can be reduced and does a better job managing particulate in the cylinder. Beginning in 2017, the EPA allowed for more reliance on DEF to manage NOx in the pipe. By reducing EGR dilution, a reduction of particulate resulted. This led to a smaller need for a robust diesel particulate filter and DOC. This one-box system became very popular. By using more DEF, less diesel particulate would occur. Therefore, a smaller diesel particulate filter was necessary. This domino effect led to a more reliable smaller unit with smaller temperature spans. DEF is dosed into a decomposition plate inside of the one box, and this system is essentially what is in use today post-2021 emission changes. Since then, soot sensors and NH3 sensor to watch the ammonia slip, and several other sensors have been added to make sure that the one box is performing properly. Essentially, post-2021, these one-box units got very small, are very well managed, and are very effective. So that's the end of the article. Uh, brings us all the way up to 2021, which, um, you know, for me, working as an independent BMW repair technician, I don't see cars till they're four years old. So that's, uh, that's the latest scoop on that deal. And uh, I don't do, I'll be honest, I mean, I don't do a lot of diesel work. It's just my market. I, I don't see them a lot. Um, and, uh, uh, so I, I kind of don't really go too far into them, to be honest. I, I, I've got some training on them, uh, certainly, and I have past experience with working on BMWs. BMW had a diesel in this country, in the USA, from 1984 through 86, I believe it was. It was called the 524 TD. And I had previous diesel experience before that on, on Volkswagen products. Um, so I'm not, I'm not completely ignorant to them. Um, uh, but, uh, like I say, I, I only do some repairs and services and stuff on the current BMW diesel, uh, diesels that are out there, but, um, still I like to keep up and, uh, you know, obviously with the podcast, if, um, if you've listened to this, hopefully you've learned a little bit more about your, uh, diesel exhaust treatment system. Uh, there are some issues with it. Um, the DEF fluid itself is, uh, is kind of caustic. Uh, it, it's very acidic. It will eat through things and cause problems over time. And uh, I think a lot of it depends certainly on your on the climate and obviously how much you drive the car. So uh, that has an effect as well. So hopefully you got something out of it and uh, it's been uh, enlightening for you. I appreciate your time and listening. And again, if you want to get a hold of me via email, it's bkpodcast5 at gmail.com. And again, check me out on LinkedIn if you want to. And, uh, you know, go to that, go to the website on Podbean there and kind of check that out. And, um, I mean, obviously we're up to episode, uh, what was it, 157 or so. So there's a lot of subject titles out there and episodes that I've done over the past couple of years. So hopefully you get something out of it. 
Appreciate your time. Appreciate you listening. And I hope you have a great day and a fantastic tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. It's been an honor and a privilege to spend time with you. I hope you found this of value. Please share it with family and friends. Above all else, with all you're getting, get understanding. May God bless you and keep you. And thank you again.